James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. A good Monday afternoon, James Golden. Mr. Snurdly here with you. 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us if you'd like to participate. On today's program, 848-WABC, 848-922. The top story continues to be all over New York, and it has touched so many people across the country. The loss of a very brave, courageous Young police officer here, one of five police officers killed in New York so far this year. Jason Rivera, who leaves behind in his short 22 years of life a legacy of incredible love. His wife, his widow now, has released uh, some of their love letters to each other and some of the other thoughts that she had about her, as she calls her fallen angel here. And it is truly heartbreaking that New York has lost such a wonderful young man who decided to become a police officer so that he can give back to the city. Today, our mayor, Mayor Adams, has decided to release his plan. Miranda Devine has an amazing uh, article in the New York Post that preceded his announcement. And she pretty much called him out for not doing anything. Uh, the We will get into that. The shooter, who was also injured, has now died of his wounds. And his mother, of course, says she regrets ever calling 911. She did not anticipate that, that one officer would be wounded and that we would lose another police officer. Before we get into intense discussions and calls on that, I'd like to uh, point to two areas in the federal court system. One, the Supreme Court. The other, which we conservatives used to laughingly call the Ninth Circus, that treats the western states The first from the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has voted to hear a pair of appeals contending that Harvard University and the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill both have violated civil rights laws by giving preferential treatment to some minority students who wanted to be admitted while at the same time discriminating against other people, including Asian Americans. The Supreme Court agreed to hear these race-based affirmative action challenges. And the Los Angeles Times headline blaringly says, Supreme Court signals it may outlaw most affirmative action. I guess they signal that by agreeing to take the cases. In a statement Monday, Harvard President Larry Bacow said the court's action puts at risk 40 years of legal precedent, granting colleges and universities the freedom and flexibility to create diverse campus communities. Harvard, they said, will continue to defend vigorously its admissions practices. Harvard does not discriminate. That's a lie. 
Our practices are consistent with the Supreme Court precedent. There's no persuasive, credible evidence warranting a different outcome. That's not true either. Here's at its basic, the truth. Asian students have been excelling, not just in Ivy League schools, but all around the country. I'll give you an anecdotal piece of uh, evidence. I used to have a uh, house in Inglewood, New Jersey. I used to go out Saturday mornings with my trainer, run around the neighborhood, do some, you know, leg work. And we used to go out in the fall, and every Saturday when we went out, there were lines and lines of Asian kids waiting for school buses. I was a little bit taken aback at first, like, what is this? It's Saturday. Well, these Asian kids were all going to school so that they could get extra credit and so that they could go to Saturday school. Part of their culture, the culture that they had developed so that they would excel in school. Now, let me just point out something else. This is a little more uncomfortable to point out. In China, they're not having the same kind of arguments that we're having in American schools. They're not having arguments about which pronoun to use, and if you say something that triggers someone else, then you can be thrown out of the school and all of that stuff. They are producing by the millions, millions, millions Students that are coming out with advanced degrees that will enter into the technology world, that will enter into finance, that will enter into every single industry that demands highly skilled workers. And they've been nonstop graduating kids this way for ages. They start early. If you don't cut it, academically, you don't get a chance to attend. You have to cut it academically. In other words, in communist China, when it comes to education, they believe in meritocracy. Now, here in the United States... Liberals don't believe in meritocracy. They believe in diversity. And so in the United States, what we have all accepted, well, what liberals have accepted and we've been fighting against is the notion that everything outside of what you actually do as a human being should count. How you perform in school should be weighed according to liberals. It should be weighed based on what your skin color is. It should be weighed on what your gender is. It should be weighed in some cases in some schools on what kind of sob story you can come up with about your life history. There was just another case where recently in the news where some lady, young lady was expelled from school for lying on her application where she had claimed extreme hardship in her life, and this was part of why she was accepted, and it turned out that she 
was leading a very upscale life, not at all the life that she had portrayed in her sob story to get accepted into school. What liberals, I guarantee you, like this president of Harvard, who's already signaling that they feel that they are being threatened, what they will tell you is that just what this guy did, well, you're going to affect the diverse nature of our campus. The diverse nature of your campus shouldn't matter one bit. What should matter is, are the people that are attending your school the best? Have they performed the best? And if they have, then they're admitted. If they haven't, sorry, there are other schools that they can attend. And once you have the government weighing in on this, the federal government saying, we're going to choose you over you, we're going to allow private institutions to discriminate on the basis of race, on the basis of gender, on the basis of all these other things, the government has now put itself in the position of doing what Southern states and what used to happen in America under the hated Jim Crow and under slavery. What they've done is saying, oh, the color of your skin now is determining factor of whether you advance or not or whether you're able to participate fully in America's treasure. It is wrong to have the government weighing in on anything on the basis of race whether it's Governor Hochul saying, if you're black or Hispanic, then you go first in line to get your COVID shot and white people have to wait at the end of the bus. That is wrong. It should be, if it's a case of health care, how sick are you? Let us take the sickest first so that we can help and make sure that you have the best chance to survive. In other words... This is not so difficult to understand. Dr. King, who they all laud, who they all praise, Dr. King spelled it out simply, so simply, that now his words sound like a cliche. And that is that the government should act on the basis of the content of character, or in this case, the merit that someone has done rather than the superficial color of their skin or their gender or what's dangling or not dangling from between their legs. And we see America twisting itself in knots over these things. Finally, one of the students in Pennsylvania spoke out on the swim team there about how unfair it is that they have to compete against this biological man who is transgendered, and no disrespect meant by saying biological man, but that is a fact of science. The person, the swimmer, is a biological man who has transgendered. And still underneath it all is a biological man. One of the students gave an interview to the Washington Examiner about how the morale at Penn State swim team has been crushed and how unfair this entire process has been, 
and castigated the NCAA for backing out and not just putting up front. This is not fair. They're putting their finger on the scale to get a desired outcome that's political. That's a political and slash ideological outcome, not one which recognizes the merit of the human being. Now, I'm sure some of people on the left will say, well, James, Mr. Snurdly, what happens if the Supreme Court overturns this? What happens if our colleges are forced to take and remove race and gender and all these things as a caveat for admission? And what happens if colleges return to being almost all white? And what happens if colleges return or, or start becoming mostly Asian? Or what happens if they start to become more of one group that are dominating? And Mr. Snurdly, James, has an answer for that. That's life. If you live in a culture that refuses, refuses to honor the hard work and its sacrifice that it takes to achieve, then you don't achieve, and it shouldn't be handed to you on a silver platter. Then you work harder, and then you achieve. And if your children aren't working hard enough, you push them to work harder. And if you're not satisfied with your own level of achievement, then you work harder. That's what you achieve anyway. And that doesn't mean if you don't achieve in one thing that you cannot achieve in something else in life. You continue to work hard and you continue to push for your own excellence and to fulfill your own destiny. That's what. And let's stop looking at the racial components. Let's stop looking at the gender components of this as if, as if they matter more than the merit that people bring to the table. The left will be in an upheaval. Now, this is two. Roe v. Wade is under threat and now affirmative action. I guarantee you the left is going to be in full outrage mode. None of this would be possible right now if not for the nominations made by President Donald Trump and the turtle, Mitch McConnell, pushing pushing these nominees onto the Supreme Court. Yes, we're going to get to New York City, the Adams plan to reduce violence. But these are important cases. These cases could actually go a long way toward restoring fairness and appreciation for life with Roe v. Wade and fairness not based on color, not based on this concept of diversity. These two cases could go a long way to restoring what is wrong in America. There is a third case from the, what we used to call the Ninth Circus, and they have ruled that the Los Angeles pandemic shutdown of gun stores was unconstitutional. This is a huge win for Second Amendment advocates, for constitutional advocates, and for gun store owners in Los Angeles and Ventura, I believe it's Ventura County was the second, yes, Ventura County, 
who demanded that gun stores, they singled out gun stores during the pandemic and said, you must close. Liberals did that. And now the Ninth Circus, which used to be reliably liberal until Donald Trump changed the makeup of it, has ruled that the Los Angeles County and Ventura County's shutting down of gun stores during the pandemic violated their constitutional rights. Here come the lawsuits. The right thing has happened. So we have two cases today from the federal bench, one that will be heard and one that was ruled upon that are very hopeful. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, and I will be back with you. Again, if you'd like to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC. We're coming back right after this. 13 and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, is on the air. 77 WABC. Paula Abdul brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. Yes, we are the crown jewel of American radio. Uh, Thank you, Rich, very much for offering me that correction during the break. Five officers have not been killed. We have lost one officer this year. Five officers have been shot this year, not killed. And we are so sorry about the one that has been killed. What a decent, decent young man. What a loss to his family. What a loss to this city. The quote-unquote New York Post distorted career criminal accused of shooting two Manhattan cops and killing Jason Rivera, 22, LaShawn McNeil has succumbed to his wounds. He was shot by the partner of Jason Rivera, Officer Mora. And there's not much I want to add to that story at all. Of course, you know, his mother has been saying he was severely mental ill. We talked about that. Uh, last week, the fact that so many people, these deranged people, are out on the streets in New York. Mayor Adams today unveiled his plan. He did so at 2 o'clock in the afternoon to deal with this crime wave that is sweeping across New York City. He focused on the gun, the forty-five caliber Glock, And Mayor Adams says that the New York City Police Department is going to start by focusing on the 30 police precincts where 80% of the violent crime in New York City takes place. He said there will be increased funding for New York Police's uh, Department's Gun Violence Suppression Division. He indicated that there's going to be new technology put in place to help identify people carrying guns. Now, that ought to be interesting. We will see whether we have privacy lawsuits that originate if they're using some kind of way to scan people. That could be dicey constitutionally. Let's see. 
The mayor said, my fellow New Yorkers, we're going to do a lot more than pray. We're going to turn our pain into purpose. We're going to unite. We're going to take action. We will not surrender our city to the violent view. We will not go back to the bad old days. We're going to get trigger pullers off the streets and guns out of their hands. Well, it's already against the law to carry a gun. It's against the law to murder. And I just hope that this will be enough. I heard Mayor Giuliani talk about something that I've been talking about, we've been talking about. Guns, yes, are a part of the equation here, but what is in people's hearts is the bigger equation. There are many of us who would never think of pulling a gun out on somebody over there's There's a, a, I think it's a Fox story or BizPack Review story or American Wire story today about about the number of people that have been killed in D.C. and they went back and they looked through, maybe it's Washington Post, I'll find it. And they looked through what caused these, these deaths, and most of them are petty arguments. Petty arguments, you insulted me, you insulted my girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. Arguments that that should never result in death. And this is for most of these slangs. It's people that other people know. Now, Dominic Rivera, the widow of slain New York police officer Jason Rivera, revealed today that they were high school sweethearts. They've been in love since they were children. She released one of their love letters, and let me tell you something. It's so cute, so touching, so beautiful. This was an exceptional young man. And I hope that there's some kind of way that New York can honor this young man so that he will never be forgotten. Young as he was, what a shining light of New York Officer Rivera was. And the more you read about this young man, the more you realize how exceptional Officer Jason Rivera was. And there's got to be some kind of way to honor his life citywide. Here's another story. It is a Fox News story. Unfathomable. Washington, D.C. murder victims are often killed over petty insults. Experts looked at it. There's one kid, 18, tried to break up a crap game, dead. While rivalries between gangs and crews may drive killing, the underlying disputes frequently stem from petty insults. That's what criminologists and Local officials are saying to Fox they did an analysis. Petty insults, small things, and they're solved with murder. That is a moral issue, my friends. And until we deal with the morality behind all of this, we will never change society. We may see no numbers lower if we can get some of these guns out of the hands of these bangers. But until we deal with the morality, the underlying moral crisis that is afflicting many parts of this nation, we're not going to get past this. Black Lives Matters chapter in Washington, D.C. There was an officer shot in Washington, D.C. They've expressed the local chapter of BLM indignation that police officers who are shot in the line of duty, they are automatically treated as heroes. And that's, they are ticked off about that. 
There's a story in the New York Post, which maybe we'll get to. And that's some of our progressive city councilmen who've been bad-mouthing cops. All of a sudden, with the loss of Officer Jason Rivera, their tune is a little bit different. The New York Post starts with Attorney General Letitia James, who on April 16, 2021, said, we need to talk about the history of policing, which is embedded in racism, going back to the slave trade, the slave code, black code, et cetera, et cetera. Well, on Friday night, State Attorney General Letitia James issued a statement saying all of New York State is mourning tonight. We pray for the safety of our police and our communities. New York Controller Brad Lander, June 9th, 2020. It's time to defund the police and reimagine our public safety infrastructure. On Friday night, the same man that called for defunding the police, New York City Controller Brad Lander, said a 22-year-old New York police officer has died and others fighting for his life, praying for his recovery. Our hearts are with their loved ones and colleagues. Not a word about defunding them. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Sturdy. We're coming back. I'm going to grab some of your calls when we get back. Don't go away. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Chic. Now brings us back. Chic. Nile Rogers. Queens, New York, homie. Wow, Niall, Bernard, Nora. I mean, what an amazing group and what an amazing string of hits they had. And, of course, Niall Rogers continues to be one of the top music producers in the world. There's a story that two of my dear friends, one of whom you know, that would be Princess Di, and the other, Carrie Pickett, who is writing with the Washington uh, Times, sent me within minutes of, of each other yesterday. There's a story from the Atlantic.com is old music killing new music. And I'm going to try to find some time this week to jump into that story when we're not talking about these things because it is really interesting. Council member Shahana Hanif, Brooklyn, January 21st, 2020. More police won't keep us safe. This Saturday morning, heartbroken by last night's shooting in Harlem and the violent start to the new year. Assembly member Robert Carroll, also of Brooklyn. By the way, they're all Democrats. Don't even have to mention that. June 8th, 2020. Our streets have been over-policed and black and brown Americans over-criminalized. Saturday morning. R.I.P. Officer Jason Rivera, your service will not be forgotten as New Yorkers. We need to come together as one. Council member Christian Richardson Jordan, Democrat, Manhattan. New York PD is still the biggest gang in New York City Friday night. I'm saddened. A loss of one is a loss to the whole. It creates ripples and ripples of pain. I stand with the families of the fallen. This one, the last one, I think that, yes, in the story from the New York Post, what progressives said then and what they're saying now, Council Member Lincoln Ressler, Democrat Brooklyn, to pay for a new police class in this budget is a slap in the face to the movement demanding transformation. Friday night he retweeted 
Tonight, we mourn, we mourn the loss of a hero officer, a son, a husband, a friend. That's what progressives were saying then, and this is what they're saying now. And we had another incident where a person was pushed down on the subway tracks. As a result of that, Representative Nicole Malatakis from uh, Staten Island, she's one of the 13 who threw Joe Biden a lifeline, 13 who voted for that infrastructure bill, 13, in my opinion, who need to be primaried. However, she has called for an investigation into New York's $1.5 billion Thrive New York City program, which was supposed to help the city's mentally ill. She wants to know where the money went. This was Bill de Blasio's program that he put his wife, Sherlane McCray, in charge of. She has no experience in the mental health field. And Representative Nicole Maliotakis says, like many New Yorkers, I remain deeply concerned that our tax dollars allocated to address mental health issues under the uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio's Thrive New York City program were effectively wasted, leaving us with lasting health and safety crises and no recourse. Well, the Congresswoman is doing the right thing here. Where's the money? What happened to it? Let's head to the telephones. Good afternoon, Rich. Where are we heading? Uh, good afternoon, James. Let us begin in Pennsylvania and say hi to Doug. Welcome, Doug. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden. What is on your mind this afternoon? Well, let me ask you this, and I'm a conservative. What's your personal experience with the Chinese educational system? Not what you read. What's your personal experience with it? None. What else you got? None? None. I'm sorry. None. Why are you praising the communist Chinese educational system? Because unlike you, apparently, I have read a lot about it. And just because you don't have personal experience with something doesn't mean you don't know it. That's why people who read and read all their lives gain information. Now, I don't know why you're so antagonistic, because I did mention they were communists, and I did say no matter what, and I have never supported communists. So I tell you what, you can take your little attitude and take it somewhere else and have a nice day. I'm not in the mood for your crap. Goodbye. Where are we going next? We will head over to Brooklyn and speak with Mitch. Mitch, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. Yeah, they're commies. So you can't make a nice uh, a, a remark that tells the truth. All you have to do, Mr. I Got an Attitude, is look at the way that Chinese workers are dispersing throughout the world, including Africa, including South America, and look at what we are doing. What are we exporting? We're sitting here talking about genderism. They're sitting there educating their population to deal with high tech. And you're calling me like I'm the problem? How idiotic is that? Get a freaking life. I'm sorry. Where were we going next? You tell them. We're going to Brooklyn and saying hi to Mitch. Hi, Mitch. Welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77. James, I, I feel really fired up today, just like you just were. And I, I do appreciate what you're trying to say about the fact that the Chinese, Russians, other countries, they're actually educating their uh, population to do to do what they want to do, which is take, take, take us over. But what I wanted to talk to you about, James, is how sickened I am with 
the crime going on in this city, the death of police officers, the death of innocent citizens at the subways, and then we've got these double-talking Democrats saying now that they feel so sorry for the loss, they don't feel anything. Because if they felt something, they would have stuck to the values that would have helped us out in the first place. But what's really upsetting is Dan Bongino said it today on Fox in the morning. It's sickening that people keep voting these people in. And it seems like it's just relentless and we can't get true leadership in this city. And it saddens me. Well, here's the thing, uh, Mitch. I think that what we are presented to, what we are presented with right now is a real opportunity. There is so much, There is a story. Let me buttress what I'm saying with another story, if you don't mind. I'm, I'm searching for it as I speak with you. There's a story. I believe this was Washington Post today, and the, the Washington Post story. It, it's somewhat related. The Washington Post story was about all, the number of parents in Virginia in the blue areas of Virginia who are abandoning the Democrat Party in favor of Republicans because of what they perceive as the overwhelming restrictions that are being placed on them and their children over COVID, and they've had enough. And this is causing them to shift their party alliances. Now, I would suggest to you, Here's a story, as I'm looking for that, from the Daily Mail online today. The carjackings have risen by 500% across large U.S. cities. There's another story today. Oh, goodness. And this, you know, I talk frequently about what are these media companies pushing out here? Believe it or not, Disney is coming under attack for a new disgusting cannibal movie. Serial killer carves up women after seducing them and sells their body parts to rich people to eat. This is the kind of stuff that is being thrown into society, and people want to know why the the people in society that are deranged are latching on and doing these crazy things. Oh, is James linking them and saying, yeah, there's a, there's a direct relation by what people put in their brains and their behavior that comes out of their brains. Oh, that Merrill Lynch advisors here. I'm still looking for this story. Anyway, but it is there somewhere. That, oh, there are seven, yeah, board members suing to stop masking. I'll find that story one of these days. Anyway, this goes to exactly what you're saying. We have an opportunity here, folks. We're not the only ones seeing this. Many of our Democrat friends that live in New York are seeing what's happening to their city, and they are appalled. Many of our Democrat friends that live in Los Angeles. I was talking with one earlier, diehard Californian who's ready to get out of California. um, They're they're trying to implement two new laws there. One we talked about last week where children could get vaccinated without their parents' approval, so they're in school. Some teachers, you know, convinces the kid to get vaccinated and they don't have to get parental approval if they're over 12 years old. The other now is demanding that all kids that go there get vaccinated. There are no religious exemptions, no exemptions for parents. And some parents in San Francisco and in, in the big cities in uh, Los Angeles are saying enough already. I got to get out of this place. The same. That was a story in Virginia. Enough already. Now, look. People pushed on the subway tracks. These continued carjackings in the streets of New York. 
this random violence. There was a man dressed in his um, garb that indicated he was Jewish. Black guy just passed him, tried to knock him out the other day in Brooklyn. A 21-year-old wearing Hasidic garments, walking down Troy Avenue and Carroll Street in Crown Heights. Black guy passes him, socks him in the nose. 14-year-old boy busted in the Bronx trying to carjack. His dad turned him in. Everybody sees that lives in this city what's happening. And people are worried and they're concerned. Right now, we can turn the tide and begin the movement to get rid of these prosecutors like Alvin Bragg, who wants to give criminals a pass, and like Gasson in Los Angeles and these other prosecutors, the one in Dallas, who want these criminals on the streets to prey on us. This is the ideal moment for change. And we, conservatives and Republicans, have to make the case that this affects the quality of life for everybody. And we will be able to persuade people to our point of view. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdy, here with you on WABC, coming right back after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdy, is on 77 WABC. Rick Ashley brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. You know, that story I was talking about was in the uh, Daily Mail. Left's COVID hysteria is driving wave liberal moms away from the Democrats. And that story today is in uh, the Daily Mail UK. There's a Pennsylvania board member who wrote a blistering op-ed to uh, parents. This is from BizPack Review. And basically, this Pennsylvania school board member, I know, parents, I don't work for you. Uh, This attitude that Democrats have with parents, where they are actually think they know better than the parents of children, what children need. These people are surfacing with all of this. It's not just the crime. It's not just the out-of-control leniency they want to give to criminals. It's not just how they're destroying the economies of city. It's their attitudes. They think parents are stupid. And they're out front pretty much saying it now. Now, there's that case in Connecticut. Let me just touch on it briefly, then back to the phones. Merrill Lynch, vice president, arrested, fired, after branding a smoothie shop worker an immigrant loser. He has apologized. He said he was out of his mind with fear. Now, what happened, and the reason I bring we talked about this last week, peanut allergies. He goes into a smoothie shop. Robex on Black Rock Turnpike in Fairfield, Connecticut. He orders a smoothie. He tells them, hey, no peanut butter. They give him peanut butter on, in the smoothie. His 17-year-old son was suffer, has suffered from life-threatening anaphylactic shock after drinking the smoothie. He said his son lost the capacity to breathe properly. His lips, his face swelled up. He required an EpiPen shot. 
That didn't help. He called 911. His son went to the bathroom, threw up, fell unconscious to the floor, threw up again. His wife gave the, the son another EpiPen while he called 911 again. The son is doing okay. He went back to the place, demanded to know the ingredients. He, was, he said, I was out of my mind with fear when I returned to Roba, and I wish I had not done so. I also wish they had been more careful preparing my son's beverage. I will be extending my apologies personally to the organization, particularly the staff that was working that night. But he said he had lost his, he was just, he, this is not who he is. He was just really angry and really upset. He was enraged. Now, I don't know about you. I have said stupid things in my life. Like, I already regret yelling at that guy that called earlier. I shouldn't have gotten mad at him. I just, he just rubbed me the wrong way with his attitude. And I should have been bigger and just said, you know, whatever, and just let him go. But I, and, and I apologize, by the way, for that. Um, we all say things we don't mean. And we say things that we know will hurt people when we're trying to hurt people, when we're trying to lash out at people. Now, this guy says, hey, I am not a racist. I shouldn't have said it. I didn't mean it. He's been fired from his job, and people are now dumping all over him. His name is James Anazio, 48 years old. I may get into trouble for this with some of you, but I'm, I, I, look, I've said things that I really wish I could just take back into my mouth that were stupid, that were ugly, that were mean in my life, and I didn't mean them. And I said them because I was angry and I wanted to lash out at people. And I think that given what this man went through with his son and how scared and utterly frenetic he was, he, he, he might have been, I don't know. I, I just don't think that, that, that this guy needs to be dumped all over. I really don't. You know, I, I, and what he did was wrong, and he came out and he didn't try to hide it. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't come out and say, oh, you know, oh, they deserved it because they, you know, they, they could have killed my son or anything. He said he's going to apologize to them. Should have never said it. It was terrible. And I don't know. So look, sometimes we just got to forgive people. I mean, we all need forgiveness. All of us need forgiveness. And we all say things that we shouldn't say. And I don't just think, I don't think somebody's life should be ruined because they say, horrible things in the heat of passion that maybe they didn't mean to say. Oh, Liz Cheney's upset, by the way. Newt Gingrich says that the January 6th, hey, if the GOP takes over Congress, some of these people could end up in jail. Boy, oh, Liz Cheney is upset with that one. Doesn't like that. Uh, phones, Rich, where? Let's head back to Brooklyn and speak with Jimmy. Jimmy, what's up in your mind, buddy? How you doing, buddy? I just got in, put the radio on. I heard you talking about communism, so that, of course, perks me up. We are in a communist revolution. They are dismantling us on every level. They're making us look weak to the world. A lot of those countries now might be more accommodating to communist China and Russia. We got, you know, Soros is a communist revolutionary. He's putting communist district attorneys in. You had Antifa running through the streets, killing people, burning down capitalist business, shooting and attacking police. Attacking police should be a hate crime. 
If you attack any group because of who they are, that's usually called a hate crime. Attacking police, I don't mean just yelling, but yelling, threatening, spitting in their face, that should be a hate crime like every other group is allegedly or supposedly uh, protected by hate crime laws. We need a major waking up, Bo. I'm telling you, I read World Marxist Review. It's printed in 39 languages. It's got 72 countries permanently on the staff. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is the communist movement. They actually write what they're doing in every country. And everything. And Jimmy, they've been writing it. And and thank God for you. Because as long as you have been calling, and you were calling talk radio now for over 20 years, and you have been consistent in trying to explain what you've been reading in communist literature to try to wake people up. And we have seen, back then, you know, people would make fun of you. If you talked about communism, oh, you people see a communist under every rock. Well, look how China has risen. Look how Russia has risen. And look at how the United States seems to be falling out of step. This move that they have with hypersonic weapons, we are not matching it. China just sent over major forces to Taiwan again. You have Russia threatening the Ukraine. And we have old Joe Biden the poor guy looks like he can't even finish a press conference. Jimmy, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Where do we go next? Let us head over to Franklin, New Jersey, and speak with Bill. Bill, welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77. What's on your mind? James, real quickly, with the uh, incident that happened with the uh, guy from the, uh, with the restaurant. With the smoothie? Yes. The, uh, if you listen to it, the woman, that uh, the server... The first thing she asks for when she feels that she comes under attack is she says, I'm going to call the police. Didn't say the manager, didn't say the other employees in the store, but I'm going to call the the police. So we go right away that the police are important. Mm. Thank you for that call. I appreciate it. Do you think that the guy deserves a second chance, by the way, Bill? Yes, under the circumstances, I mean, what he did by throwing the – he throws the drink at the woman. Was he was bad. wrong. But they he specifically told them, and they should be accustomed to, uh, you know, serving people that have these uh, allergies. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate your call. Oh, goodness. Already. Yeah, time is running out. Look, folks. Um, there is there are so many news stories that we didn't get to. Um, tomorrow, we record our second, and if you haven't heard the first, please do. It's on WABC, but it's on all the other podcast uh, platforms as well, which is our uh, On the Border. And we are talking with a guy who should earn the Pulitzer Prize based on his reporting, Todd Benzman, who was there. In Mexico, there in Guatemala, he reports from the border. And we'll be recording our second installment of On the Border tomorrow. The first one is available at WABC, 
where you find our podcast and everywhere else you get your podcast. Uh, you can also visit me at bosnerly.com, jamesgolden.com. I'm starting to produce a morning and afternoon news blast so that you can see some of the stories that might concern you. jamesgolden.com or bosnerly.com. Hit me up. You can also leave me messages there. And tomorrow's another day, and we're going to tackle some of these things tomorrow. Folks, we have to take back this city. This is not going to be easy because we also have to take back our country from immorality, from this thing that would allow people to kill other people brazenly, this idea that life is not sacred. We are in a war of good and evil, and we all have to participate if we're going to help America survive. We are in the greatest city in the world. It is under attack. New York City. And we are the ones that have to fight back to save our city. We live in the greatest country humanity has ever witnessed, United States of America. And we are the ones that have to fight back at the ballot box to take this nation back from these progressive liberal socialists. It is up to us. God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We're back here tomorrow.